Hello, hi everyone. I Bonnie Viley here. I am a queer chaplain. And in case you don't know where you are, for some reason I got in the habit of saying that, so you get to hear it every time. But um, you are at Dragon Spirituality. This is our special uh, gender diverse summer series. We're episode two of 12. Um, last week we uh, met with Red from Savannah, Georgia. So if you did miss that episode, um, you can always listen back to it anywhere you listen to a podcast at Dragon Spirituality or A Queer Chaplain. Or you can obviously watch on YouTube or Twitch or Facebook or wherever you're watching us live now. Um, I'm super excited uh, for this evening's guest. Um, our evening's guest is Angel, and they're in uh, San Diego, California, and I'll bring her on in just a moment, but I do want to take a second to um, give a shout out to the Spiritual Drag Con, who is our uh, official sponsor, uh, host of this series. Um, if you don't know what Spiritual Drag Con is, it's going to the first annual um, Drag Con, Spiritual Drag Con, is going to take place this October the 7th through the 9th. Um, in Chicago. Um, net, on October 1st, you'll, you'll see all the registration will open. We'll be looking to book uh, drag artists and panelists. Uh, we're looking to provide a space to watch uh, drag, spiritual drag performance, but also maybe a space for us to receive some sort of spiritual care. Um, so it's going to be like a very diverse group of spiritual practitioners from astrology and tarot to even Christian stuff, maybe, <laughs> um, Jewish, you know, Buddhist, all that sort of stuff. Uh, any really like religious and spiritual community that can hold us as the beautiful, uh, you know, drag artists that we are. Um, and so um, I did also want to thank uh, my Patreon members. I do have a Patreon that helps support the work of myself, Bonnie Violet, and a queer chaplain. Um, so you'll see on the screen there, there's lots of folks to thank. Um, uh, if you want to support the work of of a queer chaplain, you can go to my Patreon. You can find the link in the description. Um, it's super, super helpful in kind of continuing uh, my work. I always hate all this logistical stuff. I usually like kind of breeze through it. I've been wanting to get to a point where I just like click a button and, you know, play something that was already created and lovely, um, but haven't got there yet. Um, I will put a little out there. If I am looking for folks to help support um, not only this production, but future productions. So I am looking for folks for, who can edit and um, you know do all that sort of stuff. So reach out to me if you are interested. All right. Um, to learn more about Spiritual DragCon, you can go to spiritualdragcon.com. Again, it's October 7th through the 9th. Okay, I think I can really... I think we can really do this now and bring on a guest. All right, so um, she's been patiently waiting um, and I'm super excited to bring uh, to the screen, Angel. Hi, hey, love. How, How are you doing? doing? I'm good. good, I'm doing really well. So glad that you could join us this evening. Uh, you look amazing. <laughs> Thank you, so, so do you, you look incredible. Thanks so much. And um, looks like uh, uh, hello from Transylvania, from Romania with love. So, so glad you could join us all the way from Transylvania. <laughs> I know I was going to try to pronounce the name, but I feel like I might butcher it. So I, I tend to get in my head when it comes to pronunciation. If I think about it too much, it, it ain't happening. <laughs> yeah, I don't, I don't either. I'm like, hello with love. <laughs> For sure, for sure. Um, so do you want to tell us a little bit about yourself? Kind of tell us where you're at and a little bit about yourself? Yeah, so my name is Angel. Um, I currently live in San Diego, California. I've been 
doing like about maybe three years. I've performed three times in the last couple months. So it's been finally time for me to step out of my comfort zone and start, you know, putting my face out there. But usually bedroom, like makeup and like attire never leaves the front door, never leaves my door. Um, but now I'm, you know, really trying to step it up and go out into the scene and, you know, I'm just a, what is considered a baby queen, I guess. Mm, yes, yes. That can be an exciting and kind of scary time of drag. You know, it can be really fun to kind of be figuring out how to create, you know, how to, how to create yourself. Do you have a, like a, a drag parent or family? I do. I do have a drag mom. Her name is Maya Glitterzone. Um, and I have a drag sister named Serenity, um, and she's the one who put me in drag, I think, the second time, first time I did it myself, and I was like, I look incredible, and then look at the photos, and it was, there was no structure to the face, there was nothing. Mm, yeah, um, we all, we all start somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, so she put me in, um, like, full gig, like, one of my first times, and um, she's always helped me putting down my wigs if we go out we just like she'll let me borrow her outfits or her heels or a corset so yeah she's my drag mom Maya glitter zone mm, i love that name too yeah drag family is so important because you know drag can be really expensive and also there's just lots of little secrets that can be helpful and just kind of like i don't know making things a little bit easier <laughs> <laughs> definitely um so uh i did want to ask a question or i guess i usually get started um with kind of hearing i love to hear a little bit about folks um like childhood and so i'd love for you to tell me a little bit about like what life was like for you growing up as a as a little one and maybe part of that is kind of frame it in if you had any sort of spiritual like spirituality within your family or for yourself yeah so i grew up in a small town called Petrero. Um, it's more words um, in the mountains. It's a very small town. There is a population, I think, of like 646, I last checked. Okay. Um, I grew up by myself. Um, my parents would drive down on the weekends to San Diego, um, and we would attend church on Sundays, would, you know, do kind of like mass, um, not traditional mass, Easter mass, like, we, didn't, we really didn't do like Christmas Eve or Christmas mass, but typically we would go almost every Sunday. And I never, never really fit in there. I was always squirming around. I remember just like tapping my toes or shaking my knees and my mom would just like pinch me and she'd be like, calm down. And I'm like, I don't want to be here. Oh, you know, yeah. was, I just was like, I don't, it just didn't sit with me. You know, and there's other kids who are just like sitting there proper dress night and just like were into it. And I was like, I'm not, I'm not following this at all. This doesn't resonate with me. Even as a kid, I did like my communion out there. And I remember I had to like memorize all of the, I don't even know what they're called, like the poems, <laughs> <laughs> the prayers and she just was like, you need to learn them or you're not going to pass. And I just remember I like got, she, she, I'm a little scared of her. So I, mm. I remember I like memorized them 
so fast, so quickly. And then the next day was like the actual communion and like the test, because there was a test mm -hmm. apparently to get your communion, the first communion. And I remember I passed and I was like, wow, I'm, I'm really good at memorizing, mm -hmm. but it wasn't like something that I was able to translate back to somebody else or really speak about. It was just pure memorization. Um, mm -hmm. And it wasn't until I got like a little bit older where she, we went to a Christian um, a mass and I remember her telling me, you know, you are allowed to pick whatever religion you want. Mm. And I was like, okay. And then I continued to kind of grow up, keep that in mind. And then I was like, I don't, I don't believe in religion. Mm. And she just like flipped her, you know, her lid. And she was like, you need to believe in God and in any shape or form that that is. And I was just like, I, I just don't. Mm -hmm. And conversations of being homosexual and just overhearing conversation as a child, you know, is really difficult. Um, especially with like the comments that are being said and, you know, a lot of internal homophobia and mm -hmm. honestly fear. Right. Um, and did, was it, no, no, was, was it, so how, how do you identify your, your sexuality? I identify as uh, gay. Mm -hmm. Okay, and yeah. and that was something. Did that was that something that played into you into religion, um, like kind of wanting to get away from it, or or no? Um, it was was, but it was mostly because of what I was hearing at home, mm -hmm. right? Like it was the conversations that were being held about God and homosexuality, you know, bisexuality, anything that was different than what was said in the in the Bible, you right, know, right. being heard, hearing, you know, they're gonna go to you know, hell or they're gonna, you know, they're gonna suffer. Um, it's a hard thing to hear, especially when you are figuring out who you are or who I was at such a young age. Right, right. And then fit, like fitting into that category that they're talking about and then being like, oh, I'm gonna go to hell. Like they can't mm -hmm. do this. Yeah, how how early on were you aware of your um, sexuality? I think I started to kind of like play with the idea around eighth grade, but it wasn't like a for sure thing. I just knew I was feeling some type of way towards then. Mm -hmm. um, but I think I I did the buy now gay later around high school, like tenth grade, tenth uh -huh. eleventh grade. I was like, I'm bi, like you know. And it took a long time to even come out because I was just like scared and fear, like fear of rejection, fear of like what others are going to think or say. Mm -hmm. um, and then Did you senior year. Oh. No, go ahead. You, so was it senior year that you came out? It was senior year that I kind of stopped having girlfriends and was like not exclusively. I honestly didn't really do anything with a guy I think until... 18 years old after high school. Mm -hmm. And did you come out um, at that point as gay or? I did. To my friends, I did. Not to my family. To my family, it was like a whole meeting where we all had to like come and sit down and just say that I was gay, which is very interesting. Looking back, um, I don't think I would have approached it that way today. 
Yeah. But it was a very interesting, like, why would we have a family meeting about my sexuality? Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. How did they take it? They knew. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they were like, we all knew. Um, and for the most part, it felt, how I felt about that conversation was, it felt like they accepted it, but they just wanted to put boundaries. Mm -hmm. And I was just like, I'm not going to put boundaries on my life anymore. Yeah. To make you comfortable because of your religion or because you don't want to see that, then I just will exclude myself from this like conversation or from this role. Because you want me to limit who I am when that's all right. I've done most of my life. Mm -hmm. You're like, no more, not doing no it more. anymore. Not for anyone. <laughs> yeah. And how, how about drag? Uh, when did you first see drag? I think my first memory of drag was at a party, actually. I think a quinceanera, which is a celebration of a young girl's 15th birthday, mm -hmm. where she's now a woman. Um, and I believe they had a drag artist. And I remember being scared. I remember being like, what is happening? Because <laughs> I had never seen a drag artist before. I just remember like they were coming around, grabbing some tips. And I was like, I don't know what's happening. I was so scared. Yeah. What um, do you think that fear was? The unknown. It's just fear of the unknown, not knowing, you know, what's going on. Um, Do you think you saw yourself, maybe? <laughs> that is a very good question. I don't think at that age I saw myself yet. Mm. So were you 15 at that time, too? or No, I was younger. I think I was, like, nine. Oh, okay. Yeah, so, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I, was just like, yeah. <laughs> I definitely did not see myself. Mm. Um, I originally loved makeup i grew up watching like my parents or my my mom do her makeup my sisters do their hair and makeup i would do my niece's hair i would do like their makeup so i originally always loved makeup growing up mm -hmm. um and it wasn't until i started playing with makeup on myself to get practice um i just started digging more into drag and being like well let's i would you know get my eyebrows done and then do like a, a smoky eye or a beat a beat mm -hmm. face and um and it just kind of evolved into like opening small windows and small doors and seeing how far i can keep going mm -hmm. uh, so i think when did you growing up huh no go ahead go ahead sorry oh i was just saying that like i think it's always been makeup for me that i've loved just the the way that you are able to change somebody's appearance and build their confidence up you know, is, is a powerful thing to me. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and when did you start playing with makeup for yourself? I started playing makeup, I think around like the age 21, 22. Okay, so by that time you were living out and drag wasn't quite in your life, but it was coming, right? It was slow and steady, slow and steady definitely was, um, it was definitely that was something that was coming and. I would be like, mm, no, no, I'm not doing that. And the next thing I'm just like fully involved in it. I'm like, I'm doing that. Right, right. And um, I know you you had said that you had kind of like religion wasn't your thing. Um, this is like a 
spiritual drag thing. When did you, I'm assuming you have some sort of spirituality now. I know we've talked about it, but like, um, do you want to talk a little bit about kind of when and how spirituality kind of came in, came back into your life, so to speak? Yeah. Um, so about three and a half years ago, you know, I got, I got sober, you know, I haven't drank, haven't done any of like the drugs. Um, and part of that recovery program, there is a spirituality aspect to it that doesn't say you have believe in God, but higher power or a spiritual being. And that could be whatever you want it to be. Mm-hmm. And I really resonated with that. You know, it wasn't difficult for me to fall into, okay, I will make this my higher power, my higher power for the time being. Um, because I grew up kind of in the church. I didn't believe in God, but I really resonated with the belief of there is something higher, like higher power. Mm -hmm. And um, I think from that point, from getting sober and working in a 12-step program has really put spirituality back into the forefront of my life. Mm -hmm. Um, And maintaining that like spirituality, you know, sometimes it's harder than other days, you know, and it's something that you have to work at, especially being in the, for me, being in a program of recovery, because it's a very slippery slope. If I'm not, you know, conscious about my spirituality and how fit it is. Mm-hmm. And you were talking, kind of sounded like you said you do things daily. What, what are kind of daily things that you do, uh, I guess, to connect with spirit or your spirituality? Uh, depends daily. I like to meditate, you know, if I remember, because every day is very different. Um, yeah. <laughs> but typically meditating is a good way to just ground myself for the morning. Cause I wake up and I'm full blown, like panic, like, ah, what do I have to get done? You know, but I have my, what are the trip, tricks that they taught me was to just meditate, just kind of lay there, pray and, you know, just kind of ask for, you know, to have a good day, to have a day to help others. Um, and just kind of like let go, just let go of like worries and insecurities and, you know, saying the serenity prayer. Mm-hmm. And so it's kind of, it's little things like that where it's just like, there's small little gratitude list. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Rodney, I was going to bring up a comment. Uh, Rodney uh, says, I love the idea that playing with gender roles opens our hearts up as a spiritual practice. Clearly, it can result in self-acceptance and love. This is a great discussion. Thanks for having it. Thank you, Rodney. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I a lot of folks I've talked to in the past kind of talk about how, um, I, I remember most recently, Bobby Friday was talking about how like the the act of getting into makeup and um, kind of putting on the look and the music and the the ritual of it all is very meditative and can often sometimes bring in some like, uh, I guess some awakening, if you will, or some aha shit, like you can work through some shit. Uh, well, you know, putting on some makeup <laughs> or whatever. Yeah. Has that been your experience? It's been my experience. Um doing my makeup is more of like a, like getting in the mood, getting in like the zone. I don't really like think about anything else. 
Like, mm-hmm. Makeup is a form of just like therapy. Like I'm just self-soothing at this point. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And expressing like my femininity, you know, expressing something that I've always hid and was scared of because I didn't want to be labeled. I didn't want to have somebody say a negative remark about me. Mm-hmm. And how does your, so how does drag play into your recovery? It's a really, that's a really good question because a lot of times I get the question of like, how do you, how do you navigate that in the nightlife scene, right? Mm-hmm. Because in the nightlife scene, there's a lot of drinking. There's a lot of, you know, I believe somebody had mentioned it before that like drag queens are essentially just selling liquor. They're helping navigate mm-hmm. the sell of liquor. Um, and so being in recovery, it's kind of like playing, you know, playing a mission, doing a shot, but it's water, you know, or just denying a shot when you're at a show that somebody's offering you. It's just kind of, and it's also sticking by with, you know, to our sober and also do drag. Like it's having mm-hmm. a network of sober friends who also do drag. Yeah, yeah. There's definitely lots of sober, like sober people that are in drag, whether they get into drag afterwards or they need <laughs> they need to get sober <laughs> to continue to do drag for sure. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, which is a lot of why um, I wanted to have this conversation with other drag artists is really to show people that you know, there's, and, and doing performance in a, like a bar and like that, like I get, I get life from all of that. I enjoy it. And I think it's great and it's worthy, but there's so many ways that drag can be expressed and so many outcomes and results that can, can come from, um, you know, us, you know, putting on a face and going out in the world. Yeah. What would you, what would you say has surprised you most about about drag and how it's kind of impacted you or the people around you? What surprises me the most is I think just how I feel. Like I I feel empowered almost. I feel like the things I wasn't confident about as Isaac, I am confident about as Angel. Mm-hmm. I help build a bridge to bring that confidence to Isaac outside of drag. Mm-hmm. It, God. I was I was gonna say what specifically or what um specifically kind of has Angel, I guess had what what in what specific ways? Can you talk a little bit more in detail about that? Yeah, so like body body positivity, like I've always kind of been really scared and like kind of um wary about like my weight. And I've mm-hmm. I've always just been like, I have to wear jackets, I have to hide myself, I have to diminish and look smaller than I am. And in drag, you kind of have to do the opposite. You have to add padding, add breasts, you know, make yourself this figure. Um, and it's just allowed me to like express my body without doing too much and being mm-hmm. able to accept my body and loving my body for what it and what he can do and it allows me to express that love as well to isaac that he can mm-hmm. feel confident and just say i'm gonna wear a tank top and like i'm gonna feel good in it instead of feeling scared and vice versa isaac has a confidence of talking to strangers and going up to people and being friendly that angel doesn't have 
Mm. And so trying to build a bridge between bringing that confidence of charisma and being able to speak to people out of drag into drag, because in drag, you know, there's, there's a lot of maneuvering and connecting dots and trying to connect bridges to be mm-hmm. like the full combination. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I think drag kind of open up so many doors. Um, and I know like I oftentimes, and I know you're a baby drag, I think that's a self-identified baby <laughs> drag. <laughs> and so like, have you noticed, and it sounds like you've talked about a difference between kind of like Angel versus Isaac. Um, how do you, how do you manage that? Or, or do you like, do you, is it, do you have to like be very specifically one or the other, or is it blurred for you? Um, in terms of like gender, gender, or, yeah, that sure. <laughs> um, for a, a long time, it's pretty blurred for me. Um, for a long time, there was a period where I thought, because of how confident I felt as Angel and how good I felt in being Angel, that I could be trans or non-binary. I identify as non-binary. Mm-hmm. But it was kind of like a, I was really through like a world kind of in my head a lot about who I was as a person, um, whether I was a male presenting who does drag or non-binary or am I trans? Do I, is this something that I want to explore? And, and it was something that really haunted me for a really long, it, it, there's still days where I'm like, I, I would feel so much more confident being a woman. Mm because I feel that confidence as Angel. And it opens that door of being like, is this something that I want? Or is this a bridge that I'm trying to connect the two just to bring mm-hmm. to Isaac? Yeah. And so it's a little bit blurred. Like some of the clothes I'll wear as Angel, I'll wear as Isaac. Isaac will wear some angels, you know, it's all just blurred for me. That's why <laughs> it's more them they sure, non very but it all just, the spectrum gets so, so um, overwhelming at times because it just depends on the day as well. Yeah, yeah. It's sometimes it can, like, it feels like it's helpful to have these like identities, like to be non-binary or be trans or drag or man or whatever. And I think sometimes it can feel like it can be a little limiting. And I know for me, I think when I used to be, see myself as a gay man and live as a gay man, I had my own kind of issues that even doing drag was like a thing, which was like, it took me a while to do drag. And I think part of that was my own internalized transphobia. And then it was like, once I started doing drag, then I very similar experience where I was like, one, it, it was a very vulnerable thing for me. I was super, I felt like really raw. And then two, I never, like everyone talked, or lots of people often talked about how they wanted to get out. They were like, they wanted to get out of drag as soon as the show was done or whatever. And I was like, not me. Like, I want to like, I want to go out on the town. I like, I want to sleep in this. Like, I want to wake up in the morning and be like this. So yeah, I think for me, it was, it was definitely like, I was like, oh, I think there's, I don't know. Like I, like I felt, I just felt better. And over time, I feel like I'm a little more, you know, like, I don't know what I'm, I don't know the difference between Bonnie Violet in drag um and bonnie violet in her day-to-day life which um but it took me a while to kind of get there yeah for sure um so so um what is your fate like what's your favorite thing to do in drag i know you're figuring it out 
Um, favorite thing to do drag is I will I will have my roommates help me pin my hair all the way around, and mm-hmm. I I just I'm a hair flipper. I love to just be in the mm. street just flipping my hair. I I don't know right. what it is. There's something about hair. I especially out of drag. I love my hair, mm-hmm. and so being able to express having long hair in drag in a way like is my dream like i want this hair every day every day <laughs> yeah I'm just there's something about long hair and just like flipping it up and down and and being able to just play around with it is pretty like incredible yeah for sure someone popped in and they said they're here just for a bit for whatever reason it's not telling us who you are so facebook user <laughs> So glad you could join us uh, for a bit. Um, for folks who are listening um, and who are here with us, you know, feel free to ask any questions of Angel. Um, that's what we're here is to kind of, you know, provide a space to share a little bit about Angel or as much about Angel as we can get, <laughs> um, and hopefully help you know folks who are listening, uh, you know, to get um, I don't know some insight or some maybe answers even to some uh, the questions that they might have for themselves as well. Um. So <laughs> I always, I was, uh, I, I like, I'm like, where can we go from here? Normally I'm like, oh, good to go. Is there anything that you wanted to speak about that we haven't spoke about yet or any questions in general? Yeah. How your experience been? I'd love to hear you know, your experience with, you know, your um, spiritual experience with drag and, and things like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, I, so I, I too got into drag through recovery or I don't know that, did you do drag before recovery? I felt like I it like was after. Around I, okay. You like dabbled in a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I didn't do, I didn't do, well, I did drag when I was like, when I was like 20. Um, but I, I like really struggled with, I'm 43 now. So, um, when I was 20, like I did drag a little bit and I was like, um, but I was, it, it was too internalized, like transphobic stuff. And then like when I got into recovery and I moved to San Francisco, in San Francisco, they have like a monthly show uh, where they raise money for the recovery community and they um, have drag artists. And a friend of mine had passed away. Another friend of mine had passed away to like uh, suicide slash meth, you know, like drug stuff, you know, which, and, uh, and he was a beautiful, beautiful drag queen. And um, I'd always just kind of had this want to do it, but also like just, you know, looked up to him. And so I finally just was like, you know what, I'm gonna, I'm just gonna fucking do it. And so I called the, the I don't know, the queen at the time and was like, hey girl, can you put me in the show? And she's like, yeah. And I was like, oh fuck, what did I do? And so like seven days later, I was like doing drag to Kesha's song, Praying. Um, and it was, I was horrible. But it was also like just such a liberating, scary, terrifying, like awesome experience. And I haven't, you know, I haven't stopped since. It's probably, that would have been about almost right exactly five, four or five years ago now. So um, yeah, it's been a lot. Rodney has a, maybe a question or comment. Uh, Rodney says, Angel or Bonnie, how does drag or the trans experience help you to fight against the religious damage done in your younger days? Hmm. It's a good That's question. A really I'll leave question. it up there. Do you have a response to that? Um, just an immediate response I have um, that comes to mind right away is just 
Prague has been able to kind of open up doors that I had shut down as a little kid. And what helps a lot for me is being able to be in drag and think about that little boy mm-hmm. who was scared, who didn't know who he was, who was in the mountains with no, you know, nobody else essentially, and just caring for him and letting him know that like this isn't gonna be something that you have to experience forever. And just one of the most beautiful things I learned was caring for your younger self as an mm-hmm. adult and then teaching yeah. lessons that women taught you or that your parents have taught you. Because at the end of the day, we're still that little person, that, you know, that kid inside in our hearts. Mm-hmm. And um, and just visiting, visiting them and letting them know. And it's essentially, for me, what it does is that it helps me release that like hurt or damage into the world, just let it go mm-hmm. and no longer hold on to it. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I think the thing that came up for me is like, I grew up, I was very into church. Like, I loved it. I know you didn't care for it, but I I loved it. And then when I, but I realized I was queer a little bit later in life. And then once my queerness didn't match the religion that I was raised in, I felt like removed from not only church, but actually God. And so then I felt like I had to live this godless or like spiritless life, which was like kind of bullshit. And I got, but I got life through drugs and alcohol for a while. And then drugs and alcohol, you know, started to kind of take over my life. And then for me, I was able to get into recovery as well. And and I actually saw that queer people existed and they had, they could have God and spirituality in their life, which I didn't think those two things could happen together. And so I think for me, then being able to get to get sober, start to invite God into my life, then that eventually let me find drag and then eventually being trans, like living into my trans identity. And my tr- I, I label my transness as a spiritual experience. Like my living into living my life as a trans person is a direct result of my connection and my continued seeking and reaching toward my, like God or the thing I sometimes call God, but struggle to, you know, that thing within me, I feel like my transness and my femininity and all of this is like me taking my insides and like putting it on the outside. And so to me, like being trans is like spiritual as fuck. Now, like how I, how I rationalize that with my religion of origin is really hard for me. Cause I'm like, what the fuck? But, um, you know, spirituality is a big part and me living into my transness has difficult and challenging as it is to be in the world sometimes. Um, it's where God, I don't know, it's where I can feel held um, and continually created, continue a create, continually a creation of like of the divine. Yeah. Um, Rodney says, yes, yes, preach, preach. <laughs> And then the other Facebook user, I love. I, I wish I could see your face, but I'm so glad you're here, hun. That's truly being a part of God. Yeah, yeah. I sometimes struggle with the God word, um, and I'm like a, I do spiritual shit all the time, and like sometimes I use God and it feels good, and other times I use God and I, you know, and I think for me, I just want people to, not. I don't know. I don't know. What are your? I guess yeah. I On feel the like word. You want to say something. Or you, I just feel like you want to add something. <laughs> oh no <laughs> i was really i was really moved by what you were saying um but yeah the word is 
to, I, it's case by case. Everybody, you know, it's like listing ones. There's so many genders that you can identify with or, you know, non-binary where you're fluid, but it's, it's one of those things where it's case by case where it's, you would prefer, example A would be preferred to be called, you know, would prefer somebody else who might be presenting some other way might want to be called something else. Right. Mm -hmm. And it's just the respect of knowing who, who is who, right? You don't have to learn the ABCs. It's just understanding and respecting that person's, you know, pronouns as well as mm -hmm. respecting if you want to use the word God or spiritual or, yeah. you know, having spiritual spirituality. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I totally hear that. Yeah, I mean, I feel like oftentimes it's like, I know I've had an experience with myself and with others and like I've connected with that thing I sometimes call God or that spirit or whatever. So it's like, I've I know what it is and I've experienced it. Now to fucking talk about it, that's a whole another thing. And language is yeah. such, you know, it's so, it's such a, we all hear things and understand things differently. And I think I loved what you talked about, like just trying to respect, like believe people when they tell you who they are and address them how they want you to address them versus, you know, trying to, I mean, I feel like that's, that's all we really need to do. <laughs> yeah. Um, not sure why you can't, why you can't see. I'm not sure what that, not sure why you can't, why you can't see. Oh, why we can't see your photo. I know. I don't know what that's about. Maybe, oh, maybe you have, good. maybe you have some privacy settings or what up. This is like a public forum. So maybe, maybe like, because you have it like not, or like more private, that might be what's happening, but I'm glad that you're here yeah, <laughs> um, and participating with us. So we are like running around. <laughs> Yeah, so the, they said right. That's that's exactly what's happening. So, um, I'm sure when we look, uh, maybe when we look in real life, we can see it. But <laughs> um, while we're live here, we're not going to. So we're we're coming into about like the last five or six minutes of the. Um, oh, it's my friend Jerry. Hey, Jerry. Hi, <laughs> Hi Jerry. <laughs> um, so uh, yeah, we're getting into like the last five minutes or so, and so um, I really wanted to. I want to give you an opportunity to speak about something that maybe you haven't spoke about yet or that you'd like to talk about. Oh. Um No, I'm I don't have any ah, Okay. <laughs> on the spot. People be on the spot. I was like I'm very I'm very well with questions. I do well. self like, self navigating. I'm like, ooh, I'm not I don't right, know where to go here. Right. Well, I always want to, I mean, I, I do feel, I mean, I feel like we covered a lot of bases. Um, we, we, I think I, I felt like we, we heard a lot about your drag, uh, about your drag experience and sexuality and gender and um, all of that. So it, that's really kind of my hope. I know it's hard to cover everything in like 45 minutes, but um, <laughs> um, as uh, you know, um, Rodney says, so awesome blessings to you both. So uh, thanks thank so much you, for joining us, Rodney. Um, and thank you so much, Angel, um, for, for joining. I know that um, life sometimes can be challenging, and I really appreciate you taking the time to be here today and to show up on this platform and just, you know, kind of share a bit of yourself, um, you know, and to be able to talk about drag and spirituality. 
Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. For sure. And so if folks would like to, how can folks connect with you? If you want uh, to. Oh, yeah, they definitely can. If I have a direct Instagram that is the angel one, T-H-E-E-A-N-G-E-L-O-N-E. -E -E. I'm going to put it up on the screen right now and you should be able to uh, you should be able to also find it in the description as well. Please, uh, yeah, do check out Angel, send her love and support. Um, and I hope that we get to like meet uh, IRL like in real life sometime. Yeah. It would be really yeah, cool to do for sure. All right. Well, I think I'm going to let you go. And uh, just for folks who are listening, uh, you know, join us next week. Uh, as I mentioned, this is two of 12. So next week, will be uh, week three. It'll be the same time, same channel, um, if you're watching us live. And we'll be joined by uh, Lady Shalene. Um, Shalane, Shalene, the, there's that pronunciation thing that I do. But she's a lady and she's in Palm Springs. Actually, she's in 29 Palms. She was in Palm Springs. Oh. TMI, I know, too much information. But anyway, check out the links in the description and you can learn a little bit more about her and we look forward to um, seeing you all next week. Take care and have a good night. Bye bye. bye. Uh, there we go. It would be the end broadcast.